Hi everyone, today we have Steve with us, who is a football freestyler. Do you want to say hi to everyone? <laughs> Hello everyone, it's good to be here. Okay, so Steve is going to firstly talk to me about, and talk to all of us, about how he got into football freestyling and his journey so far. Um, so it started off for me uh, very much as um, a hobby. I was, I think, I was 15 years old at the time, mm -hmm. and I just discovered it through just like videos on the internet, on YouTube, and instantly kind of like just fell in love with it i was just like wow i want to be able to do that and then just lots and lots of practice from there um i mean like 15 is pretty late to start but i've been doing it for for over 12 years now mm -hmm. um still you know as passionate about it as ever and it's enabled me to you know travel the world performing at you know all kinds of different events um teaching it to kids competing in competitions um and i still i still enjoy the training process as well there's still always room for improvement with it as well i think that's one of the beautiful things about it um and yeah I've, it's, it's just enabled me to kind of like do do quite a bit actually when I, when I think about it yeah what's been your biggest achievement in football freestyling so far <sighs> it's really hard to pick one like there's been there's been quite a few and like different things will probably hold different value to to various people um so like i've got a, I've got a couple guinness world records for example um you know to some people that they're, they're absolutely blown away by that but to me i've probably done some things within freestyle that are probably harder than, than getting guinness world records some some of them are a bit a bit gimmicky <laughs> if, I, if i'm being honest but um i, I like a challenge um um competition wise um top eight in the uk or top 32 in europe um they, those were some probably some standout ones for me because i remember on the day they they weren't easy you know the, the level of everyone is really high and it's it is a little bit of a not a lottery but it's um it's really what you bring on the day it's all very kind of contained within like that day so you know all of your preparation and everything can be really affected by just a couple days leading up to an, a competition to be honest so you know for you to be it's really satisfying when you know that you've like shown like your 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 real potential and your capabilities and stuff so um yeah competitions has been a I, I wouldn't say i've ever like really like achieved anything like massively good in them but it's still the kind of like <laughs> i don't want to say like it's the taking part that counts but it's like the there's still an onus to like just sort of just show up and just kind of express yourself and just do what yeah. do what you want to do mm -hmm. um and yeah uh i've performed at some you know some pretty crazy things as well um i think still currently i think um I think I might have the most viewed uh, halftime freestyle football performance wow. in the world. Um, yeah. So we did like a, a pitch invader prank uh, kind of thing at Leicester versus Chelsea a few seasons back. And uh, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that, that went very viral. Like everything, I think 4 million people have seen this ugly mug uh, running, on, running onto a football pitch to disrupt some some freestyle footballers and then uh, actually end up nutmegging the steward and do some skills and it just got a really, really good reaction. Um, yeah, and then then lastly, like individual tricks and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Like I've done some things that like n nobody else in the world has done. So that to me, that's always going to be a really big achievement for me, um, even though they might not get the kind of the commercial recognition that, you know, it, it, that it should. But that's kind of that's free stuff in a nutshell, to be honest. There's lots of things that just don't get the kind of recognition that, that it should kind of warrant um yeah so long-winded answer it's hard to pinpoint a single kind of like achievement mm -hmm. um 
but yeah lots of things to kind of from different avenues to pick from okay brilliant so um as a football freestyler mm-hmm. would you call yourself a performer or an athlete or does it depend on context oh, oh that's a great question um for me personally i would put myself in both of those categories i would say that um i almost kind of i guess first and foremost for a living it's kind of um i'm performing a lot more um but i certainly have a very athletic approach to freestyle i you know try my best to look after myself in terms of like sleeping stretching nutrition all of that stuff it's been really um interesting and and beneficial and enjoyable to learn about all those kind of things over the years and tailor them back to freestyle um i think that it does depend on context i think you're right i think when you see kind of like if it's like in like just freestylers just performing at an event or something, then you probably aren't going to see the full blown athletic side of it um, when they're trying to just kind of do things to entertain people first and foremost. And freestyle football does have that power, which I think is another thing that just makes it what it is. It's great. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I would say I'm in the athlete category as well. Um, I still love the training process. You know, I'm I'm 26 years of age, but I still enjoy um, locking myself away in the studio and just like just grinding hard and on working on whatever it is that I'm working on. There's always room for improvement, like I said. So, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people, they kind of they a lot of freestylers might that might fade for them like you know, especially they might go, like you say, if you want to think about it, like performer and athlete, they might, they've got a skill set that they're happy with. They'll turn up, they'll perform, they'll go home. Like that's, that's them. They don't, you know, want to do the kind of like the, the training side of it anymore. That's, that's fair enough. That's, you know, that's them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still think I'm probably in both of those categories, actually. Mm-hmm. Never really thought about it like that, actually, but yeah, probably both. <laughs> okay. Um, so with regards to your training, yeah. do you generally have choreographies that you're preparing or Ooh. do you just uh, practice skills more? Um, it's a tricky one. I mean, I don't really, it's really rare that I kind of practice choreographed things for shows. Um, I would say the thing that I'm training most or the way that I'm training the most is probably to practice individual skills or combinations. Um, yeah, it, it, it honestly, it varies with each session. Sometimes you'll, some, some things will just feel really good and you want to, um, pursue a whole session on that one thing um like today i've just come from training today to this uh, and uh yeah that was very much the case for me today and it's unusual but sometimes when certain things just feel in a particular way you almost feel like you have to take advantage of it um i will probably leave a little bit of time as well um towards the end of sessions for like working on like new tricks or new ideas and stuff but it kind of just depends on like the time of year and everything as well if i'm preparing for a competition um i'm really not a massive fan of um kind of just um rehearsing the same kind of sets or choreographies if you want to call them that so it's basically doing the same tricks like down to a t over and over again trying to improve your consistency and execution at them i'm not a big fan of that kind of method i i feel like it's too um it's too repetitive for my liking it can be a little bit boring so i like to kind of you know freestyle football has such an expansive skill set and i've always I've always enjoyed the somewhat addictive feeling of that skill set getting bigger and bigger and you being able to, you know, do tricks that you didn't think you would be able to do at the start. Um, it's amazing what you what you can do when you put your mind to it. Um, 
if you are going to re rehearse like the sets and the choreographed stuff like that obviously does have its rewards as well but it's also very frustrating that um i don't want to compare it to the olympics but if you think about like olympians like they train for four years just for that one opportunity and sometimes in freestyle it really can kind of not go your way on the day and you have some bad days at the office even when you put in a lot of preparation as well but i would i would generally say that the more you prepare for it you will reap the rewards and you'll feel better for it like it's it, you know if you put in the hours and you train you know a particular thing you're inevitably going to get better at it like your your average for how many times you're able to do a certain trick out of 10 attempts or whatever is naturally going to go up so i wouldn't say that it's like a completely you know pointless way of training altogether yeah so um, how many uh, hours a week do you train on an average? Um, it's tricky. Again, it kind of depends on like if I've got shows or events or whatever. Um, I would say at the moment, freestyle wise, it's probably about five times a week on average. Um, hours wise, it's maybe a couple hours for each session. So call it around about 10 hours a week, I'd say at the moment, maybe. Sometimes it can be more though, like sometimes... I'm just very like in the zone and I'll just stay a bit longer and just try a little bit harder with certain things. Um, or maybe there'll be an opportunity to train with some others like a, like freestyle meets and stuff. And then, you know, I'll, I'll be training more than, than the 10 hours, 10 hours a week average, I guess. Do you think you have a certain advantage that you can practice it anywhere? Uh, it's definitely not anywhere. Unfortunately, the weather in this country is uh, a little bit not so permitting for that sometimes. But um, yeah, one of the beautiful things about freestyle football is that like all you need is a ball. So once you've got your ball, you're kind of like there's always kind of you know somewhere that you can kind of make do and practice. Um, it is a little bit advantageous in that. Um, I think back to like when like I was getting taken on like uh, camping holidays with like my mum and dad and stuff and like there wouldn't necessarily be someone to play football with me so it was just me and a ball and I think that's kind of like when probably I was sort of developing this sense of like okay well, what can I do what can I learn all by myself and just a ball and um, yeah it just kind of it just it just evolves like naturally by itself but I guess you do have a little bit of an advantage um, over other sports where you need like, you know, super high level, you know, facilities and everything, you know, whether it's like running track or certain equipment or whatever. But with freestyle football, it, honestly, it's just just your shoes and the ball really and yourself. Brilliant. Can you tell me <clears throat> how a competition works in football freestyle? OK, good question. Um, so you've got the, the main event um of a freestyle football competition is um what's called battles and it's it's a very similar kind of setup to uh breakdance competitions i don't know if you've ever if you've ever seen, yeah, seen them yeah? <laughs> yeah excellent so you so the kind of the bog standard then really is you've got two guys against each other and there'll be three minutes on the clock and you'll alternate rounds so 30 seconds each um, per person so that's three lots of 30 seconds and then ultimately afterwards then you've got the judges who will you know vote for their winner or maybe give it one of these if they want to see an extra round um, it will vary you know competition to competition in terms of what the um, the criteria or the rules are perhaps um, for certain events but generally you know the old school kind of um, bog standard of judging they're looking for things like control execution originality musicality difficulty 
and you know minimizing errors so you know drops errors use of the hands all those things are not going to bode very well in your favor um and that's pretty much it really yeah okay and how applicable do you think sports psychology is when it comes to that one-to-one situation because on one hand you are aggressive because you want to really you know, <laughs> defeat your opponent yeah, yeah on yeah. the other hand you've got to be so much in control mm. to make sure you don't make those errors you're meeting yeah. the difficulty level yes so in that sense how do you think sports psychology kind of comes into that i think sports psychology comes into freestyle football massively um people probably just don't realize it but it, it you know even from your preparation your training there's a lot of scope of the skills and tools that are used in sports psychology um we're talking things like self-talk visual, visualization goal setting all of those things i think are really um applicable to sports psychology um uh, applicable to freestyle football sorry um i think that when it comes to that one-to-one moment, I think in a competition, it's like, um, it's really, you know, we're talking like peak arousal levels, everything. Like you said, it's got to be, you've got to have that right balance of being, you know, calm and like you sort of channel- channeling your nerves, your focus, energy, everything just right to be able to do what you want to be able to do. But I, I really like the fact that it does have that kind of... Um, I don't know if it's aggression. Yeah, maybe it is aggression. It's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of hostility sometimes, you know, a bit of battle spirit. It's it's good to sort of see, you know, one freestyler does something and another person, he will do the same trick, but do it better or do like a harder variation. It's like a direct mm-hmm. response. You know, that stuff scores really well. I think, I think that's, that's, you know, good from a spectator point of view as well. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of, um, I guess you could say strategy for, what you do in a competition in terms of like saving tricks do you do you risk it and go for like a really difficult thing but you're not that consistent at it but you feel like the chips are down and you got to go for it or do you try and play it safe and you know you know making sure that you kind of show enough variety and sort of like all that sort of different sort of elements to your skill set so in freestyle football, you know, it, it, a lot of it is made up of categories of like tricks, you know, like uh, uppers, lowers, sits, soles, you know, all these kind of things. They're different kind of, you know, using different parts of the body and everything like that. And it's, it's obviously you need to sort of show a bit of variety to that. And I think sports psychology ties in with it massively because it's sort of that that sort of awareness of just like in the moment being able to kind of like block out distractions, you know, you've got the crowd, you've got the music, all this kind of stuff. And that can be so different to, um, you know, training in your garage or wherever it is that you train. The competition environment is pretty different. And I think sports psychology, whether it's, you know, training or competition, I think plays a big part. I think it plays a really big part. There's probably a lot of techniques and stuff that people are probably doing or thinking about. Yeah, there's a lot of things that people are thinking about that they're probably not even aware that there's a term for it or that it's the same sort of stuff that sports psychologists will, you know, use with athletes and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, one more question um, mm-hmm. or maybe a bit of prompting on the fact that, you know, when you said it's a one-to-one battle, yeah. it's almost like a combat sport. A little know? bit, yeah. So you're all alone out there yeah. you know, facing this particular challenger uh-huh. or like your opponent who's doing these massive skills. Yeah. But it's like you have nowhere to hide. You know, you feel quite naked and you're quite like the sole performer. Definitely. To do it better. Yeah. Uh... And do you think it has a hit on you when, you know, like you know you've done something really well mm. but your opponent has done it 10 times better than you <laughs> yeah you know? it can be it can be a bit of a kick in the teeth when you think like you've 
you've won it and then they pull out something amazing but uh yeah like it is an individual sport at the end of the day so yeah, yeah you, you you do feel a bit naked like you, it's just you and the ball and you're trying to you know whether you're trying to do certain things to kind of appease to the crowd or the judges or yourself or whatever it's it's one of those ones where I, I think I certainly feel like sometimes I'm a victim of the pressure that I put on myself um you know and I think other freestylers will feel the same it's not like a team sport like football rugby cricket mm-hmm. you know where it's team sport and there's a little bit of shared responsibility mm-hmm. um with freestyle football with the competitions and everything it's just it's like it's that one-to-one and um and yeah and like it's like I say, you've got to be strategic about things as well, you know, especially if you're looking to go, you know, top 16, top eight, top four, you know, the more battles you do in a day and you have to look after yourself, you know, manage those energy levels and everything as well. So there's very much just as much a, a physical aspect to it as well as a psychological one. But, um, you know, I think the best freestylers are the ones that mentally are in the they're in the, a, a better place than the others. Um, they know exactly what they're going to do. Um, and they just they just they know what they can do they know their own capabilities they've got that self-belief that self-esteem that they know if i need to do xyz i'll do it and they will do it and you know mm-hmm. those are ten- those are the ones that tend to be a lot more successful in competitions brilliant um another question i had for you is when it mm-hmm. comes to competition yeah how do you think the popularity factor works in because if you're facing somebody who is way more popular with the crowd and with mm. the judges and plus it's a judge <laughs> sport you yeah know? whereas in combat sport you have like you know you can see a knockout yeah whereas here it's quite subjective in yeah. that sense and how do you think the popularity versus skill factor kind of balances out in mm. competition so in freestyle football there are actually some other events which are a little bit more objective so we got ones called like challenge iron man um all these kind of things and mm-hmm. that's a little bit more um it's not subjective like any person who didn't understand the inner mechanisms of freestyle football and the nuances would be able to watch it and be able to know, be able to know exactly who's won and why yeah. um but when it comes to the battles you're right there's a lot of subjectivity so in a way don't be surprised if you see freestylers doing certain tricks or certain you know gestures sportsmanship stuff that's kind of a bit off the ball yeah it's a bit performer like in a way to kind of like get the crowd or certain judges on board and everything and that's that's all part of the sport really um i think ultimately um it it does feel a little bit performery at times because like like it's a non-contact sport you're not gonna you know go wrestling with your opponent or whatever and you do feel a bit like it's like right i have a turn then you have a turn then i have a turn and it can have that sort of it's a bit i don't want to say lifeless but it's a bit um everything's sort of done at very like at face value do you know what i mean like a lot of freestylers will uh lack that kind of stage presence and you know don't get me wrong it can be quite a nerve-wracking thing so it's like it's just their way of focusing they just want to just kind of get on with it but um you you you'll see how much of an impact on like spectators and the judges um having that little bit of charisma and stage presence actually can like play a part and it does it plays a part in like the voting as well like say we're all human we've got you know our own emotions and things that resonate with us strongly and stuff so you know why why not play up to that sometimes do you think um if an athlete was an introvert Mm. you know and they would have to 
um, hold an image in that sense, you know, have an okay. image of a freestyler? Is there a kind of pressure, you know, especially mm. when it looks, you know, when it comes to people who are more social or less okay. social athletes? Yeah. Um, do you think like there's a pressure to hold an image of a performer in some ways? Um, I think it's a good question. I think whether you're introverted or extroverted, freestyle football is very much a thing about self-expression. It's like, what does this guy do with the ball? It doesn't matter if he's like the life of the party or if he, you know, barely get a word out of him. You'll see sometimes that sometimes like the quietest people are just like, they're just absolute machines when they get, you know, into that, onto that stage. Um, so personality is interesting because I think your personality comes through in sport in, in certain ways as well. And freestyle football probably is the same. Um, I'm trying to, as I'm answering this, I'm trying to think like, how does, <laughs> how does my personality come through in my freestyle? Um, it probably doesn't in competitions cause I'm probably too nervous to be honest. But, um, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think ultimately it will just kind of come down to the, the, the more mental side of it. And like I said, those ones who are perhaps a little better prepared and they've got a kind of a personality that's like, it's just, they're very, very they're very assured of themselves and they know what's kind of like, you know, what's, what, what's needed in each competition, what's needed in each battle. Um, you know, just from, just from knowing who their opponent is, you know, and it's probably an opponent, they, 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 they'll be, they'll be anticipating what their opponent's going to do. So like I said, this is when the strategy comes into it again and, They'll be they'll be anticipating what what kind of tricks their opponent's going to do. So, oh, what can I do to respond to that? Um, so, whether you're introverted or extroverted, you'd be surprised how much like it's almost like you're watching a different person in like in in, in on the stage and in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's almost like they have their stage kind of stage image, yes. you know, and then as persons they will be completely different. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, coming to the mindfulness bit, yeah. you know, before this, you were speaking about, you know, awareness and being mm -hmm. able to concentrate and things like that. And I should yeah. do seven definitions. Yeah. Can you just describe and you said you, a lot of them resonate with you. Yeah. So can you just describe um, what mindfulness is for you when it comes mm. to football freestyling? Um, so, yeah, with all the definitions that were presented, it was hard to pick one that like stood out, um, especially with freestyle football, if we're thinking about it from a training and also competing point of view i would say that mindfulness is going to be a state of heightened awareness both at the internal and external things going on in that particular moment but also with a degree of uh, acceptance um so if you think about the analogy of um what was the one uh, when you're watching a parade, if you go to a parade and there was one really particular thing you wanted to watch in this parade and you think about in a parade, you, you don't, you don't move with the parade. You stay in one place and you watch the parade go by you. Now you see the thing that you really wanted to watch in that parade, or even if you miss it, um, if you're not mindful and aware of all the other things, you, you miss everything else. And those other things are, can be great. So the thing that you wanted to watch in that parade, once it's gone, like it's gone and you need to have a state of like the, of acceptance with that. Um, that's, that's sort of the analogy that always comes to my mind with mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So with freestyle football, you're thinking about the bodily sensations, um, almost down to literally I'm talking like down to 
how how many centimeters into my right foot am I going to connect with the ball like in this like it's it's so it honestly it's such small margins to be able to like do some of the crazy tricks that people do nowadays the sport has evolved so much like um and yeah and then internally I think as well like um mentally mindfulness is a is a an awareness again that awareness and acceptance of your your feelings and emotion so whether that's training whether that's competing um it's just minimizing the um the unnecessary factors about you having to do your skill if that makes sense um yeah, that's that's sort of the way I would I would see mindfulness. Um, okay, it's hard to pinpoint a single uh, that, definition from it, but those that, are all that's the things, pretty yeah. good. Um, so from what you've just said, mm-hmm. um, and before you said, you know, um, like football freestyling, it can be almost quite addictive to mm. chase and to chase that skill. You know, that yeah, feeling yeah. of accomplishing a skill, like the yeah. buzz that you get. You yes. Know? Um, of course, in my experience, mm. I mean, I've been researching mindfulness and I practice it. Yeah. So mindfulness, when it comes to acceptance, mm-hmm. you kind of accept that that moment is gone and you stop chasing it at one point. Okay. Because sometimes almost when you're in a one-to-one battle mm. with a freestyler, you're trying too hard to defeat them. Yeah, potentially. And you could completely lose that focus on what you were actually good at doing. Yeah. You know, in the sense that some somebody mm. might try too hard. Yeah. Or they might try too hard in the beginning because the person who they're competing against is quite popular mm. so they already have that thing so yeah. it's almost like you're trying to chase that kind of you know that win or that buzz mm. um so mindfulness meditation basically helps you to calm yourself down and neutralize yourself mm-hmm. yeah. and anchor yourself within yeah. you know so it's all about coming back within and understanding what you feel mm-hmm. and it's also about you know cellular memory yeah. so it's about you know as you said you know exactly what part of your foot is yeah, going to yeah. touch the ball that, yeah. you know and um when we practice mindfulness meditation um this is just for your knowledge and the listeners knowledge as mm. well um you are focusing on your bodily sensations yeah and that's what mindfulness meditation is because yeah. the only real thing that you feel in the moment are your yeah. bodily sensations because you're experiencing it yeah. rather than intellectually thinking about it mm. you know and yeah. um, with regards to that how do you think flow works for you with in terms of freestyle football you know like it can be something that you call being in the zone yeah, yeah or yeah. it can be something that you call just flowing you know yeah. some days you just flow some yeah, days yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't yeah um, do you have any specific strategies you use um okay. before training or competition to get in the zone if you're not completely feeling up to it um i think well the term flow i think resonates with a lot of freestylers to be honest it's where freestylers will probably say that they're in a state of flow when things are happening and they don't have to think about it. It like it's automatic. The tricks are just like it's just one after the other, bish bash bosh, and it's just like it's just happening. And they're totally cool with it. Like that's that's the probably the way freestylers would look at it. Um sometimes it can be it sometimes it can be hard to get into a state of flow um when like obviously when the pressure's really high. So I think I like again I I think the the best freestylers competition wise are the ones who They've been in that state of flow so many times, whether that's talking about the tricks that they're doing, the the combinations that, that they're doing, or just the, you know, the crowd, everything. They know exactly it's not going to, you know, phase them. If anything, they'll, they'll harness it and use it to their advantage. Um, what tips would I use for, you know, getting in the zone? Um, 
I think for me, it's become quite a, a physical based thing. So I like to, I like to just have like a good understanding of my body. I think I'm getting a lot better at understanding like what feels good on the day or what doesn't. And then being able to perhaps work around that. So with competitions, um, sometimes you will have people who like they, they, they know exactly what set they were going to do, but, oh, the hamstring's a little bit tight, you know, than it should be on this day. And this trick just isn't happening for me, happening for them in the warm up. So, you know, then, then they've, they've got a decision to make about, do they divert from their original plan because something physically feels in favor of that? Or do they persist with it and run the risk of it, you know, not going executed well on the day? Um, I would say, you know, tips for getting in the zone are just kind of, I feel like if you've got like a, a good warm up routine or something that's like steady pace to get you into the sort of state that you want to be in, then then that's good. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about like in terms of like tricks that you do. So I've got I've got one that I sort of do every sort of uh, every session now, which is like five abas around the world in combo, for example, because it's like a it's not too challenging, but it's challenging enough to, that that my legs have to sort of start to you know move, yeah. move and you have to think about it. But then like once you're done, you're like okay, right, let's take it up a level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you know don't don't run before you can walk. Mm-hmm. Then all the other stuff as well, which is like foam rolling and all that kind of stuff. I think if it you know some people you know don't really they don't really look like they have much like emotion like the freestylers and stuff and sometimes I really envy those people the way I've always thought about it is I I thought that um from the performer point of view you're you're nervous because you care and I think that that's something you should use to your advantage and you should be happy I would be a lot more concerned if I wasn't nervous about something because then to me I'm like okay I don't care and I, I think that that would influence my performance just as much as if I was overly nervous mm-hmm. and, and likely to mess up as well. Um, but some some guys are like just absolutely cold, like they just mm-hmm. don't feel emotion and they just yeah. they just and I, I envy that. Like I envy them. They just they're just so cool and calm and collected about it. So um, with regards to you know something you mentioned earlier was that people who are top performers yeah. um, they are just so used to the flow they're very mm. familiar with that flow what yeah. their flow feels like in yeah. their body and their mind yeah. and they have more I mean of course they're not not feeling emotions yeah, from yeah, a psychologist yeah. perspective <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. they're just really good at being in touch with the flow sensations yeah. rather than the emotion so they mm. can they're so familiar with it that they detach themselves with their emotions very easily and get in touch with the flow sensations in their body. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, um, would you think that if through meditation mm. you could become more familiar to that flow sensation, it would enhance your performance? Um, I think med- I think there's definitely a place for meditation um, in freestyle in terms of maybe in the bigger picture in terms of training and stuff. I... I, 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 there's almost so much going on on a competition day that it's like near impossible to block it all out. And if we're if we're talking about putting your shoes in the in the in a com, in a competitor's shoes, it's you and this other guy. If you didn't have a very good first round or whatever, then like you have already there created some pressure on yourself, and you only get the thirty seconds of while well, you're oh. waiting for your next one, mm-hmm. your next round, for you to be like, okay, reset, breathe you know, do all the things that you need to do to then go out in your next round and and kill it. So 
it's really it's really challenging when you like actually break it down in terms of like you know the psychology of, of what goes into a freestyle competition but um and i suppose it doesn't help sometimes when you're over overindulging in watching your opponent and then that like uh, you're like oh whoa this this guy's good so i've now I've, perhaps i've got to reconsider what i'm going to do um the top guys as well like like you said that they they, they 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 get into that state of flow so much quicker they're confident they're not afraid to take risks as well and they're calculated risks like they they have a skill set that they know if i need to pull out something big i'll pull out something big and it's something that probably isn't you know overly difficult for me and it's sort of it's almost like kind of knowing your limits and your capabilities and everything as the day goes on because like the competitions are usually kind of all done within like a like one day or two days kind of thing um but like as the day goes on you kind of see perhaps fatigue start to kick in a tiny bit and stuff gets a little bit more scrappy you can expect a few more drops and stuff but that's it's part of the process really but you know i have huge respect for the you know the the people who they don't feel that kind of um, that sense of fear to just like go out and just try something that's like really, really risky or dangerous. In, in some cases, as well, we're talking like backflip catches and all this kind of acrobatic stuff as well, which is really kind of taking things to a new level. But yeah, the top guys have they're in that state of flow. Like, yeah, yeah they, they 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 probably know their warm up routine and everything. Like you know, really down to a T. Yeah, it's 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 sort of uh, it's something that's you're not. I don't think anyone's ever going to go into their first competition and sort of you know just kind of just hit the ground running. It's very much like a trial and error, like a lot of sports really. But when you when you uh, strip it away to just like that individual moment of let's say let's say you only get one battle for the whole thing, it's kind of yeah you only get those thirty seconds in between your rounds to kind of mm-hmm. have any kind of sort of. I wouldn't even call it meditation, really, but it's like reflection, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, you probably don't want to reflect on it because that, that, that round's been undone. So you just got to think about the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, meditation has definitely got a place for it. I think more so in training. I think I think with, um, like, like you said earlier about um, if you're chasing something too much, mm-hmm. like let's say you're trying to land a trick, a uh, really difficult trick, you've never done it before, that's your goal for that session and let's say you're absolutely wearing it down to a point where you're actually getting further away from it than you are closer that's perhaps a point where like there's there's like ample room for meditation to like go back and be, and, and like think about it and just kind of stop it there rather than like you know running it into the ground even more and you know, pot- potentially running the risk of injuring yourself or running the risk of getting into an emotional state where you're like, ah, oh, that was such a rubbish session because I was it, it because like how it ended could be the freshest thing in your mind. Mm-hmm. And if you're ending it with such rubbish attempts, then you might come away from that set that from that training session mm-hmm. feeling more negative than perhaps is what is justified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, of course, with in terms of meditation and mindfulness meditation, it's yeah. all about doing it outside of training. Exactly. Um, and becoming finding an anchor basically within yourself rather Mm -hmm. than outside yourself yeah you know because when you're looking at things outside of yourself they're Mm -hmm. out of control as you said you can't block out everything yeah so it's about how you bring yourself back to that anchor in those 30 seconds yeah you know what i mean yeah that's the hard bit that's because you it's such a it is such a small window of time to be able to do it and you have to think about there's there's stuff going on in that it's not like a you go away, you know, some, some, some guys will deliberately not, yeah, yeah, some guys will deliberately switch off and not watch their opponent Mm -hmm. because that could influence them. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, those guys are probably the ones who have like, you know, even <laughs> they, 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 they don't they don't they don't care what their opponent's doing. But they've come with a game plan, and they're not mm-hmm. gonna they're not gonna just defer away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that's that's the hard bit really is like finding that anchor. Um, you get such a small window to do it. Um, it's all good kind of talking about like okay, so for my next battle, I'm going to do this, or like you go and sleep on it or whatever. But in the spur of the moment battle, everything is such like a, how do I describe it? It's like, it can change in an instant. You you know, one guy could be looking like he's having, you know, a really, really good battle. And then suddenly out of nowhere, there's just like a drop and, and that almost puts an element of like mm-hmm. doubt. Panic. Yeah. yeah, a bit of panic. <laughs> and your opponent watching that will go, oh, this is this is my opportunity here yeah. kind of thing so it, everything is very high octane and it, it, yeah. it can change very quickly actually yeah so you've got to really be in the moment <laughs> you, you have to be in the moment as much yeah. as you can but yeah. but it's 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 tricky like mm. we talk about that state of flow as well mm. and, and like things like music for example or just mm-hmm. even just like how slippy the floor is There's, do you have music playing when you do your um battles do, you music in the background yeah there's like oh. it's, it's loud it's loud music like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's usually like dubstep or like maybe hip-hop or drum and but it's something like Mm -hmm. you know that's it's loud and like forceful uh for most competitions and you know if if the guys just don't like the music then they Mm -hmm. might just be struggling to get into that state of flow whereas some other guys go oh do you know what i like this i know the song i think they're at an advantage you know they can hit tricks on the beat and stuff as well Mm -hmm. um you know but you know music um the crowd the kind of the, the space the kind of you know without without deeping things too much you know how slippy the floor is i hate that one that's the one that always always gets me i've had some really rubbish days at the office with competitions purely just because of how slippy the floor was um but yeah there's there's lots of things you know that you that are a bit of a a danger to you and your anchor and finding your flow and it's it's like you say it's it's how do you find that anchor and overcome them to to show as you know the potential mm-hmm. that you know you can do whether that's locked away in your garage or out in the park or whatever but when it really matters when everyone's like right do it now in competition mm-hmm. against this guy is can can you deliver yeah so um what i meant by that is almost having an anchor within you so something that mm. people use is their breathing so yeah. just bringing yourself back to your breath and just yeah. observing your breath kind of thing you know and that kind of helps you get back in the moment rather yes. than and kind of it's like a let go kind yeah. of feeling you know let go of the moment yeah. and just focus on the now kind yeah. of thing self talk's probably my go to okay. for for the yeah. for the anchor uh, in a competition mm-hmm. but i must admit i I like I like to watch my opponent though at the same time like I I can't totally be ignorant I like to sort of like study you know what's going on and everything and then it will help me think um self talk for me as well but I'm probably it's probably not like as 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 how should I say the competitions are probably not as frequent for me enough that I've been able to really find the best method of self-talk mm-hmm. for me for effectiveness in a competition which is a long you sentence, really just yeah. need to say whatever it takes to feel better isn't it <laughs> yeah kind of sometimes yeah and i'm very cri- i'm yeah. very critical of myself mm-hmm. and I, i'm one of those people that i do put a lot of pressure on myself um mm-hmm. you know for competitions and everything I, th- I think maybe my motivation for competitions isn't as big as what it used to be but like i still have i, I still think i will compete in some in the future mm-hmm. um but i'll probably approach them very differently um, I'll probably be looking to sort of perhaps do slightly different things on stage or maybe just be a little bit more different um, 
and I'm hoping in a way maybe I, I, I won't need any techniques to kind of bring myself back in the moment and everything and that I'll just feel a little bit more closer to that state of flow and mindfulness yeah. you know that's what I'm hoping but obviously those things kind of they kind of just depend on your preparation and everything as well mm -hmm. so that's sort of where for a freestyler really it's like how many hours do you want to put in you know rehearsing a particular set or multiple sets down to a T that you feel like you would be able to comfortably and consistently rattle them off whenever you like um that's the, that's like the challenging bit that you're always probably going to be asking yourself as yeah. a freestyler and do you always feel as an athlete or as a competitor that mm. um, all your preparation always comes to a crucial game situation? It comes to that crucial situation. You know, you've not prepared. You've prepared so much, but it's not the competition as a whole, but it's those particular situations that you're able uh, to handle. A little and bit. And it's like that's what matters the most, as you said, in that yeah. high pressure situation. So it's almost like you've prepared all this time to face that one situation. If you can overcome that, you feel like you've kind of achieved something in some ways. A little bit. It's, it, it, it is quite hard to kind of... Um, visualize like sometimes the 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 environment that you're going to be placing yourself mm -hmm. in or the scenario that you're going to be placing yourself mm -hmm. in and I've, I've basically been speaking mostly um almost entirely in regards to the battles but if I, I was to talk about let's say like iron man challenge all these other freestyle competitions um you know some of the guys you know they do routines you know and like the margin for error in like routine and everything is just is just next to none yeah um so so yeah like there, there, there often is yeah. there often is key moments that you can look back on and, re and reflect mm -hmm. and you start thinking to yourself like oh, if i just landed that trick or if i maybe done this transition instead like mm -hmm. i would have you know, but what's done is done. And, and it, like I say, it's, it's what you bring on the day. And there's there's not really a huge margin for kind of, um, you know, you, you, you're, you're walking on thin ice if you want to um, stray away from any game plan you may have mm. from a psychology point of view, yeah. as I'm sure you'll agree with me. If you've yeah. got, if you've got a, you know, like taking a penalty or whatever, once you've made your mind up about something, yeah. you, you run a risk if you, you want to commit to it. Kind exactly. Of yeah. Exactly. Um, not just for your, yeah. the actual execution sake, but mm -hmm. your mental state and everything as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, 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 it's a, it's a lot going on in a very small space of time with freestyle competitions. Yeah, yeah. so it's almost like time needs to slow down for you. You need to be able to if time was slow down time in your mind, literally to recover. Yeah, but, and then do your best. Yeah, exactly. But unfortunately, <laughs> our legs move very quickly, and we don't have time <laughs> slow down quite as much as what we would like. Yeah. So, um, starting as a 15 year old, and yeah. now of course at 26, we're two Guinness World Records, and yeah. of course being number almost number eight in Europe. Yep. Um, it's a big achievement. Can you tell me what you've learned recently, very recently, something you've learned or something you, it's like a revelation to you mm. in football freestyling that has really, you know, done a lot for you, that, that reflection or that okay. revelation or, you know, realization that you've had. Can you yeah. talk to me about that a little bit? Recent times. Recent times. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, generally as a whole, I think being a freestyler is is it's a lifestyle more than it is just like a hobby mm -hmm. or a sport or that's certainly what it's become for me in the bigger picture it's certainly taught me you have to um obviously patience and persistence and mm -hmm. practice you know yeah. the, the three p's yeah. um but also you have to be very content with your own company it's it teaches you a lot about uh self-reflection and what's the word i'm after like introspection like you mm. you really have to be like i can't tell you 
how many hours you know i've spent just like locked away in a studio until you know and, and, and just working on whatever it is um and it, it gets you thinking gets you thinking all sorts of things but um what else have i learned in recent so times are you oh like, i've got a good um, one i've okay, actually got, yeah, I've go actually on. got a good one so <laughs> yeah. inspiration has just struck me okay yeah. so here's something that i had the other day so i was away in malta and um I uh, I left my phone on charge mm-hmm. and uh, I went to go and freestyle like without my phone mm-hmm. and like that's so rare that I would do that you know I, I kind of live in a bit of a world where like if I get like an important message about a job inquiry or something I kind of have to respond to it or whatever and also just I've got my phone with me as a source of music and you know this that and the other but I went out into this session with, with no phone I mean the nice weather probably played a part but like it was it was such a refreshing session it wasn't it wasn't amazing i got like a few a couple like new things or whatever which is always nice um i'd already trained earlier on in the day so like my you know i wasn't feeling physically amazing but mentally it was so uplifting to have a session where it's just it's like you're you're closer to that sense of mindfulness when you don't have your phone on you like (laughs) i i really i really think that I need to try and have a few more sessions where like I leave my phone at home or what that sentence in itself I know is, is, is so ridiculously difficult yeah. for me but um it's such a difference it's mm-hmm. such a difference and it's almost like you just feel so much more creative and uplifted and boost mm-hmm. it's 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 so such a small little you know tweak and it just has like a it had a very significant um, impact on my freestyle session and just how I yeah, felt about yeah. the session. Yeah. I'm quite a reflective guy anyway. Obviously, I've mm-hmm. taken I've taken what uh, as much as I can from what I've learned in like sport and exercise psychology master's degree and tried to always along the way apply it back to freestyle football. I always try and reflect on my sessions and everything. But mm-hmm. that was a recent one that really sort of mm-hmm. stuck out for me. And I was like, wow, that was yeah. so different. That felt yeah. so different. Um, just to summarize what you said about your recent experience, mm. you were close to nature. Yeah. You were introspecting. Yes. You were in a different environment. Yeah. And I was. you didn't have a distraction, which is your phone. Yeah. And yeah. that is exactly what mindfulness is about. Yeah. You know, it's not always about meditating. Yeah, I did. But it's always just about not trying too hard to do anything and just being in the moment. That is such know? a. I tell you what, you've just you've just hit the nail on the head there. I think <laughs> when when you get to my age and you're like you're freestyling, one of the biggest um, problems that I always find is. Am I trying too hard or am I not trying hard enough? Yeah. Like that I feel is so applicable to like freestyle football all the time. And it's just about managing your your energy levels, your expectations, mm-hmm. like everything. And then, yeah, I mean, even more so when you throw competitions into the mix as well, because I know for a lot of guys that they, it really consumes their training in terms of mm-hmm. how they prepare and everything goes into just you know rehearsal 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 on those sets mm-hmm. and everything which for me it it it, sh- it it should always be about enjoyment and i feel yeah. i feel that that almost deters too much mm-hmm. from the enjoyment the only source of enjoyment i would get from that is like is seeing the like results mm-hmm. but sometimes it's like i feel like you're almost sacrificing too much time yeah to strive for that that i'd rather go and train things that are gonna be more fun to train so yeah yeah. so having fun is important having fun is is absolutely so (laughs) essential like it's especially like not to deter too much away from sports psychology but especially where now in freestyle football social media plays such a big like it it has such a big presence with it really and like 
it has its advantages, obviously, but it's a massive double-ended sword. But like, I've seen the sport grow from a much, much earlier time, 12 years ago, where mm -hmm. the tricks were simpler, the community was more... Everyone was on the same wavelength more. Mm -hmm. And now with social media, I'm seeing kids that they... they they train purely for battles. It's a totally mm -hmm. different concept. They, the, these kids are literally like, they've got their, I think it's great that, you know, they set goals and mm -hmm. this, that and the other, but they don't half beat themselves up as well when it doesn't go right. And like, you know, I, I feel like freestyle football as a, as a sport has lost some of its kind of pure values a little bit mm -hmm. with the with the kind of the uprise in social media. But don't get me wrong, social media has like, you know, we, 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 probably, <laughs> yeah. we wouldn't be getting like as many shows and yeah. everything as well. And yeah. it wouldn't be getting as much um, exposure. And I think it, obviously I want I want to see the sport grow as much as it can. But I, I, I would like it to keep some of those sort of integral values as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's. A whole other whole other chestnut that one okay and um, so to end the podcast at this point mm -hmm. what is the kind of message you would give young freestylers or other freestylers who are listening mm. to you or any athlete who's listening to you um, from your success and from what you've learned what would you want to say to them um again i think enjoyment i think that's the main thing i think it's it's important to remember why you started something um but I understand that that might not necessarily, um, it might not hold as much value anymore. So for example, the reason why you started might not be the reason why you want to continue something. And that's absolutely mm -hmm. fine. Okay. You know, life takes over a lot. I've seen many, many freestylers, like, you know, friends and everything come and leave the sport mm -hmm. just because they pursue other avenues in life. And that's totally fine. But what I would say is just, just, it's just, just do just do what you want to do. Don't mm -hmm. let anyone else kind of maybe like put you in a box with it. Freestyle football, you know, I know I know it does have a little bit of a reputation for like, you know, and don't get me wrong. I like to make sure that tricks are called, you know, certain things and all yeah. that as well. But, you know. Technical. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure all the terminology is right. <laughs> and, you know, all the people that created the tricks are kind yeah. of done, done justice and everything. But um, I think ultimately the biggest advice I would give is just... Uh, it's just enjoyment and just and just don't be don't be afraid to try new things don't be afraid to fail patience is the biggest one though like yeah. you you won't get far unless you unless you have a certain element of patience mm -hmm. and usually I'm not a very patient person but my god freestyle football has done so much for my for my patience my confidence lots of things so i would say just keep doing what you're doing be yourself because nobody else can do it better. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is already taken. So just be yourself. Mm -hmm. That's all it is, really. Yeah. Thank you so much, Steve. Um, and I'm really thankful that you could do this no problem. podcast Thank for you me. for having me. Thank um, you. And it's really nice to catch up again. And I hope we will keep in touch and do something soon together. Yes, sure thing. Yeah. Thank you so much. No problem.